You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. Feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now please, get off this planet while you still have a choice. Hey everyone and welcome to the season finale of Doctor Who. That is right folks. We are here to talk about the battle of... Ranscore of Kolos. I hope I didn't torture it that badly. So, <laughs> you know, that's just one of those titles. You know, I'm just telling people every time we say it, someone's going to have to take a shot of something, you know, tonight. I think that's only fair to celebrate the end of Doctor Who for <laughs> season 11. Exactly. By the time, you know, if we had apple pie here and, you know, we were drinking that, I think we'd be all under the table. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we got a great show to talk about tonight. It was interesting to see the season come to an end. And, you know, we got a lot to talk about. And, of course, we want to hear from you guys at home. So please be sure to write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com. Definitely want to hear from you guys. And if you, you know, have any thoughts, any wishes, please, you know, let us know what you're thinking about this series, about the episode. In a couple of weeks, we will be doing a season 11 wrap up. So, you know, please, we definitely want, you know, as much feedback, thoughts and everything about season 11 as you can send to us. So we'd really appreciate that. We got a great crew to talk with everybody tonight. Mike Gordon is actually stuck in traffic. So let's give a quick howdy to Mike Gordon stuck in traffic. Howdy. howdy. So hopefully he'll join us in a little bit. Maybe he got the howdy signal. We only hope. But we got a great crew, and Mary, of course, is here tonight. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. Mary, it is so awesome to have you tonight to finish this season up with us. Oh, thank you. It feels like we just started. <laughs> <laughs> only text from 10 weeks ago, you know? <laughs> yeah, Chibno! <laughs> exactly. That's become our catchphrase of the season, I think. <laughs> You know, some shows had, you know, you know, Geronimo or, you know, you know, different ones, uh, you know, timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly. This season brought us Chibdoll. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it's pretty cool. We also have a guest with us tonight. Let's welcome Alan Seiler. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. How are you? Good. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy it. Oh, it's great to have you. And I thought, you know, you're one of the premier Doctor Who experts in Atlanta. You know, oh, well. Oh. well, between what you do with <laughs> the Atlanta Gallifreyans, mm-hmm. and what you do with Hulanta, and, you know, even now with uh, Dragon Con and such, you know, you mm-hmm. do so much involving Doctor Who. Thought it would be perfect to have you on the show tonight. Well, I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to the discussion. Oh, very much so. Uh, you know, before we get started, though, anything going on with Hulanta for this night, for I guess 2019 already? Wow. No. No? Okay. No, I'm kidding. There is. Um, <laughs> no, we'll be here the first weekend in May. Um, you can find us at hulanta.com. And we've got a few great guests. We've got, um, and actually, uh, if you watch the season finale, you'll see his name in the end credits, uh, Robert Alsop, who is a costume and prop designer on the show. He's been working on Doctor Who since 87. One of the few crew members who's on the classic series and on the new series. And he's done a ton of work in series 11. So he's got a lot of stuff to tell us about when he gets here. Plus he did all of the Freddie Mercury costumes for Bohemian Rhapsody for Rami Malek. Yes. Oh, that is awesome. So he has got a lot of stuff to tell us about. Um, we've uh, In the contract stage with 
another somebody. Somebody's always good. That's always good. I, I, I mean, it's the biggest somebody ever. Not really. And, um, and, we, uh, and start a discussion with another somebody. So there's more announcements to come. Great. That's awesome. We could tell you, but then silence would have to come into the room to make us forget. So True. Yeah. That's so, true. And better, better just keep it as somebody's. <laughs> exactly. So that's awesome, man. And, you know, we've always had a great relationship with Hulanta. And before that, it was TimeGate. And, you know, thank you for, you know, including us every year with the con. It's always been a blast. Oh, I'm so glad you still enjoy it. We're Ooh. always happy to have you. It is. It's, and, you know, it's going to be great going back down to the airport to the Hilton. And it's going to be fun to see what you guys come up with this year. That that is a fantastic hotel. It is. It I, really I is. love it. So we are really, really happy there. That is awesome. So very much so. And of course, like you said, you could check them out at wholanta.com. And yep. you know, Atlanta's premier Doctor Who convention. So definitely worth checking out. All right, Thanks. folks, let's get started. And we have an episode of Doctor Who to review. And you know, we got a lot to talk about. The Battle of Ranscor of Kalos. See, I think I probably did it right this time. Or did I it do sound- it right the other time? Yeah. Yes. It sounds so Klingon. It does, actually. It does. It, it, does. It, it might actually have been better had there actually been a Klingon in it. it yeah. It might have helped. Yeah, there's um, some definitely help needed in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It- one, Klingon it, fixes everything. A Klingon fixes everything, especially when they read Shakespeare, you know, <laughs> the, the way it was meant to be read. Right. Oh, sorry. We're going off onto a different show. Nope. Nope. Can't do that. It is the season finale of Doctor Who. So this brings the story arc, if you could call it that, to a complete close. And we have the return of our favorite villain from this season, Tim Shaw. But he's pretty much the only villain from the season. Yeah. So he yeah. doesn't have much competition for being favorite. And he was completely unnecessary here, so. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just, he he wasn't necessary in this one. And he wasn't necessary in the premiere, but they brought old Toothface back. So it was, you know, good to see him, you know. I don't know. I See, I don't think he's all that bad. I think he has a lot of potential to be really interesting, but there's just, there's, it's just a little short of actually hitting the mark of interesting. And I I don't really know why. I think that's the, for me, that just sums up the whole series. (laughs) I know. I know what you mean. Fall just a little short of the mark of interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, it, things looked good. The acting was good. The direction was good. The writing mm-hmm. <laughs> was very uneven. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And, and but, the, I mean, this is a whole like season of reboot. So you know, I'm I'm happy to give them a season to settle in and you know build their foundation and you know make it a jumping off point to whatever they're going to do from here. So, you know, if this continues on over the next few seasons, that's a problem. But from, from, for one season, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm all right with it. Yeah. And I, I don't consider it a bad season. I just, yeah, not at all. A not great season. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to put it. It wasn't a bad season, but as I always like to say, Bad Doctor Who is usually better than half the stuff out there. I'm not so sure about the season, though. Oh man, <laughs> there was you know there were some there were some good moments in the season. This I, I found this whole series to be an ex and, and this episode, and we haven't even really talked about the episode, to be uh, an exercise in frustration for me because this this story there's a lot of potential here. There are some good moments. But there are so many wasted opportunities to dig deeper into the story. It's it's clunky and it's superficial. And that that drove me nuts because I could see something better here. It's like it's like the first draft of a story, 
like he hasn't doubled down and really dug into it. Okay, Mary, do you think it's a matter of uh, too many things happening in an episode to develop any particular part of it, or or what, what's your what's your take on it? I, I think that's part of it, yes, and I think that that's a Chris Chibnall problem. I mean, he does that a lot in his stories. He has a lot of good ideas, but he doesn't develop them enough. Mm-hmm. And especially because... The- ideas. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, sorry, Mary. Go ahead, finish your thought. No, I was just, I was just going to say, he just, he just keeps throwing more and more thoughts in there without developing them. And so there's not a coherent story. There's just these little, little set pieces that don't go deeply enough to really earn your interest. It almost seems, truthfully, very lazy writing. You know, they're supposed to have a writer's room this year. And like, especially a lot of the stories felt like they took the outlines of the characters and literally, you know, took the outlines and, you know, just threw it into the script. They didn't go into detail about the outlines and they just like were very superficial. And that's what it felt like with the stories. Okay. I'm, I'm going to jump in on this point. I, I've been thinking about this a lot and this season reminds me a great deal of the eighties. Oh, and I, very say much that, so. I say that not because of, the standalone nature of each story and not because of the number of companions and all that kind of stuff. But if you think back to the eighties, what you really had for, they didn't have character development the way we think of it now. Basically the characters were outlined and that's what you got on screen. You didn't have to spend a lot of time with their parents and their home life and their, you know, boyfriends and all that stuff and their jobs and, you know, to find out who they are. You knew Tegan was the hothead and that Nissa was the the calm scientist kind of thing. And that's all you needed because they fulfilled their role in the story. And I really think that's how this season is patterned. Not just in the characters, but in the the plot lines of each episode as well. It has a very eighties feel to me. No, that's a good way you you're not the first person to actually say that. And it's interesting. A lot of people are saying that at least it's still better than Pip and Jane Baker. So, Oh, they're not that bad. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, they really are. Hey. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the stories in the eighties. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not totally down on it either, but no, I'm, I'm not either by any I'm such a huge fan of that type of storytelling. Exactly. I I love what Andrew was doing in the 80s with Doctor Who. So there's definitely a lot of cool stuff out of it. And you're right. It does have that kind of feel to it. And even, you know, some of the special effects in tonight's episode that we're reviewing is felt like it could have been out of the 80s, like that plastic container with the whirring thing in the center of it. You know, I almost expect it to be bubble wrap around it or something. <laughs> it's the key to time again. No. <laughs> I mean, here, well, actually, when it, also one of my big problems here, because it's been happening over and over and over again throughout the series, is Graham. And yeah. I, I love Bradley Walsh, don't get me wrong. But if you have, first of all, if you have to give Graham the big emotional moment, Again, at least don't have him give up so easily. You know, make the character earn his outcome. Don't just give it to him. Like, I I do think that he revenge. Ah, no, I'm not. I know. I do think he backed off of it a little too easily. Like it was a little too quick a transition for him. Because I mean, it started out so strong. It started out he actually backtalked the doctor. She said, Graham, you're not going to do this. And he said, you know what? You don't have a say in this. And he was determined. And I just felt like he let go of it really easily. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. It felt like he backed down. And, you know, I don't know if he did it because Ryan was there. I think he did. But I think they could have made a more strong point out of that. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. I think that's a good way to put it. He's like, yeah. 
sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just was like going to say, I think he, you know, he did wuss out really quickly. And, you know, it's like when he came face to face with Tim Shaw and he had the gun, I, I wish he would have st- stood up more and, you know, really had Tim Shaw thinking that he was going to do it. Then it would have become more dramatic and maybe having Ryan talk him down or something like yeah. that. That would, yeah. that would have been a better story. Yeah. It's like we, we never believed that he was going to, to do that. Oh, no, 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 no. But they still could have delivered it a little more convincingly. Oh, but. yes, definitely. I mean, this, this is one of the problems I have with Chris Chibnall's writing. He, he introduces these emotional conundrums, but he never, they never go anywhere. No follow through. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And once again, Yaz was a waste. Or yes. I mean, you know, have, you have two other companions there. Use them. Mm-hmm. This isn't the Graham you know, show. Then, yeah. I mean, it really has become the Graham show. Mm-hmm. And even I'm over kind of okay the doctor's moments. I don't mind. Yeah. I, I think Graham is an amazing character, but yeah. if, if it's going to be Graham and the doctor, fine. But you yeah. also have Yaz and Ryan. So Yeah, I know. But, I know. But we've been saying I that do- all season. I do think she was a bit underserved throughout most of the season, sadly. And I think she's like in, in the Rosa episode, uh, when the, the man punches Ryan in the street, she immediately goes into policeman mode and she steps in and she controls the situation and she, you know, talks it down. And I was like, yes, that's what we need from her. We didn't really get any more of that throughout the rest of the season. There yeah. should be situations where her police training kicks in and I, we're just not seeing it. Right. She's very much in the background, which doesn't make sense with her character because in the first one, she tells us that she wants more. She wants to participate more. She wants to be more a part of something. She wants yeah. to a bigger role. And, but, but she just steps back. Throughout the whole series. She's never, even in ones where she's supposed to be front and center. She never really is. It's so in so in that case, yeah. So when we're talking about this being similar to the eighties, that makes her the Nissa of the TARDIS crew. Yes. Oh, yes. very much so. Yes. But does that make Ryan once again Adric? No, definitely <laughs> no. not. Not Adric. Hey guys, howdy Mike is here. He popped up. Yay. Woo! Hey Mike, how are you? Howdy. I am. I am here. Thanks. Uh, thanks, everybody. Ooh, traffic isn't. I wish I had a TARDIS, but it. But it probably wouldn't have gotten me here any sooner. Um, uh, it probably would have had to go somewhere, uh, like um, the planet that uh, that I unfortunately didn't get to hear Mike Faber try to. Make. <laughs> he did. A, he did a very admirable job. <laughs> as good as anybody, I'm sure. I look. It, it, uh, I I don't. Hey, I could say Rans or Colos as many times as I want. You know, that is right. <laughs> <laughs> now, just don't get any drunk and say. Um, uh, well, you know, I, it's funny because I was like thinking, I'm like, man, what am I going to add? I mean, I don't want to. You know, I sound like a uh, over the last few episodes, I've sounded like a broken record. Like uh, the Doctor is great. You know, Jody's great. The writing is not great. Bradley Wells steals the show. The other two don't do anything. Like, really? Like, it just seems like I'm on a, a broken record on this one. And and the finale doesn't really change anything, you know? I think you guys already mentioned that, you know, uh, uh, Graham gets the, uh, you know, he looks, he looks like, even though in the last episode or so, you know, we think that he's kind of maybe reopened the wound uh, of having Grace gone, um, so therefore that's the, his anger and his uh, sense of revenge is earned. But by the time that it comes down to it, yeah, he, 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 he falters in a way that just doesn't, doesn't really feel satisfying at all. Um, and, uh, not that I wanted him to do it, although it would have been really interesting had he, um, but we don't really get anything really interesting out of these characters as far as, as really changing the scope of the doctor companion relationship. And, and I was kind of hoping that that would be 
you know, challenging. And even though, like I said, I love Bradley Walsh. I think, you know, Graham's a great character, but it is problematic when you've got this diverse crew and, the, uh, you know, this diverse cast and there's such a big attention to the fact that it's diverse and it's the, the white guy that gets all the emotional role like parts. I mean, it just seems like, um, it, it just seems like it's over and over again. Like it's just, it's problematic. Let's well, put it that and way. it's not even only that he always gets the big emotional moment, but it's always the same moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you're Touché. right. Like for, for a season that's, for a season that's supposed to be more episodic, that there's no through storyline, you're right. Like that, it, it's we're we're living that thing over and over and over again as far as the characters. So even though there's no big story thread that's going through the all season, the characters aren't really growing all season either. I'm really hoping now that the whole thing with Tim Shaw is done and they've finally wrapped it up, now let's have, you know, Graham and Ryan get on and become fuller characters and not have to keep on harking back to Grace. Oh, I think that's going to happen. You yes, think? So? I, I definitely I think. Hope, I hope so. You because know, by the time the show comes back in 2020, we're going to have to pick up with the characters where they are now. And, and it's going to be enough time passed both for the audience and for the characters that there isn't going to be a need to refer back to grace. Yes. Unfortunately, Bra- uh, Graham, O'Brien, uh, sorry, Bradley Walsh will be um, 80. So his time to spend by the time it comes back his time that, that he can spend actually filming will be uh, limited. So the other two will have, so we'll time. see it and basically uh, they'll go, Hey, look, Wolf is back. And it's like, no, no, that's Bradley wow. Walsh. Wow. We'll just be visiting him in the nursing home every few episodes. <laughs> exactly. I'll just wait here in the TARDIS. You kids have fun. We um, had some great times, are. didn't we, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Grandpa. <laughs> uh, I, um, you know, I know that it was, uh, it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that Tim Shaw was going to, like this was going to bookend you know, the series, but to be honest, I wasn't as impressed with him in the beginning that I didn't really like look forward to him coming back. And by the time he comes back, it doesn't really feel like the same character. It doesn't feel like, you know, he supposedly has done all of this to get revenge on the doctor yet. He doesn't, he's surprised when the doctor arrives, he has no idea what to do when she gets there. Like, he has no way to fight her. Like what he's doing doesn't seem to affect her at all. I'm kind of like, well, this is a great revenge scheme of yours. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and see, that's probably, it's right up there. It's right up there with one of the masters. That's what we were saying earlier. The name of the planet sounds Klingon. This episode would have been so great. Had it been a Klingon. And for one thing, once, uh, once he confronts Graham and Graham shoots him in the foot, that Klingon is not going to put up with that. And you are not going to like, he's not going to lay on the floor and, and scream and then, I guess, off camera manhandle him into one of those stasis cubes. He's going to kick your ass. And that would have been such a better episode. Yeah, this is the guy who's, you know, I don't know if he had more teeth. I couldn't really. No, I don't, I don't think it was. I think it was the same makeup job as the first time. Same. That that's one of the things that where there was potential in this episode. I think it's hard to tell because it was all over the place. But I think Chibnall was going for a theme of you know exploring the consequences of blind faith, which is which is fine. That's nothing wrong with that as a theme. But he didn't <laughs> go anywhere with it. It's just very superficial and clunky. You sort of see it at the beginning and at the end, and in the middle, it's nothing, and then. You have the whole thing about Tim Shaw becoming a quote unquote God and yet still finding that unfulfilling. He's still not happy. He's he's become the pinnacle of what he could be. And it's still not enough. You could have explored that too, but nope. (laughs) Nope. It almost seemed like Tim Shaw was totally neutered in this one. It was just because, you know, it seemed like he was, you know, now he's thousands of years older and, you know, he was like had to be on that life support or whatever. It just seemed like he was not half the character he was in the first episode. 
And he was only about half a character the first time. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, I do think the other characters, and Dino, and Dino, right? And Dino. And Dino. And, and, and Delph, they, uh, they really felt like old school Doctor. Oh, yes. very much so. Like, they, yes. like, like they, they really felt like, yeah. And it was great um, to have our second uh, Downton Abbey cast member on the show this season. <laughs> yes, yes. It was really awesome because actually, yes, I which, which just goes to show you, yeah, which just goes to show you, it's really frustrating because you know these actors are capable of. Working. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um. So, uh, there. Uh, I think everybody everybody in here is pretty much making everything that, that was on the page better. Um, uh, and, I, and it speaks to, you know, the actors that are, that are cast, uh, particularly the companions. I mean, I think even though we could, you know, mention that Ryan and Yasmin don't have much to do, uh, you know, the actors are certainly doing the best they can to work with what they have. And uh, I think if they're given more to do and, and, you know, Bradley is given less to do. I think they'll, they're more than competent to, to handle mm-hmm. that. I think they all are. I think, you know, more evenly written stories or more, you know, doc, doctor focused, I think would be a lot better. And once again, you also had a doctor in doubt in this one. And she was confused. And I'm not citing Jody by any means she was awesome there were many times in this episode i felt like she was channeling david Tennant in this one you know just her actions and the way she was talking and you know and going you know oh what is it this oh no 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 it was this you know and it was it just felt like she's doing Tennant in this one and she was doing it but that's a that's a criticism that's been labeled against her over and over and over and over that she's not her own doctor she's a copy of Tennant in some ways, but I thought I she was she was brilliant. I don't think I would either. I, I definitely wouldn't go. wouldn't go that far. But I've heard I've seen that over and over. But there's depending on the storyline, I see I've seen her mimic uh, all these different doctors, and she's combining them into her own. And you know, bless Jody, her best part in this whole episode was her little speech she did right before she got into the TARDIS at the end of this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that was almost that was almost my big doctor yeah. moment of this. Yeah, that was been waiting for. almost. It was it was oh so close, but it it <laughs> yeah. Just the, if the writing had been like had given it if they'd given it another pass, maybe mm-hmm. uh, I think it would have been right there. But um, but yeah, it was it was that was pretty see. Cool. We, I keep um, thinking back to the eighties, and I keep thinking back to Davison and. To me, this episode was kind of like uh, this crew's earth shock where you have a doctor who isn't in control of the situation. He's kind of – and this is a recurring thing for the Davison era is that the doctor is sort of carried along by the events. And his role is to figure out how to how to sort of like you know navigate this current that he's caught in. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm seeing in this. Is that's and in a sense, I think that's I think it's kind of fun. I think I find it refreshing, particularly in context of the new series where you don't have you know, like this season, we've had the return of the doctor as inventor, she, and it, we haven't seen it a lot, but we've seen places where she's had to construct you know a mechanism to do a certain thing, and we haven't seen that in a long time, and we've had so much of the doctor who has this infinite knowledge and can rattle off facts and stuff. And now we're seeing a little bit slightly less uh, sure doctor. And I'm kind of enjoying that. I don't, I, I like to discover things as she discovers them, not have her tell us what it is that is, is going to happen before it happens. Yeah. See, I find that annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, not, I, or I should put it this way. Not, only because they've overused it. I mean, make, making her the doctor who can't remember anything, which is how it sometimes feels sometimes, I think is a mistake because it, it just gets old. It gets old after the first couple of episodes. Now, I don't mean she has to be omniscient. I don't need her to know everything. I don't need her to be Sylvester McCoy or, you know, <laughs> be a manip- manipulator behind the scenes and all knowing. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think we have to go that far, but I don't think they've found the balance. Yeah. That, and that's the thing. You have to have that balance. You have to have, you have to have, and to me, I think that there were times in Tennant and Smith where it was leaned too heavily the other way mm-hmm. where uh, there I wasn't anything that. that surprised them. There wasn't anything that was unknown to them. And I think also they, they, you haven't got the balance right of, um, you know, mixing her knowledge with, I understand that they, you know, wanted to make a point of not using a lot of aliens and characters and whatnot from the past 50 some years and have, have new races and new characters, but they didn't need to be new to her. Yeah. Um, Like the fact that every week she's like, I don't know what this is. I don't know who this is. I don't know. Just made it seem like she really didn't know a lot. And, and instead of being excited about the discovery, which she was a lot of times, a lot of it, it, it really put us off. Like as far as I was concerned, it kind of gave her a disadvantage going in and she always had to play like catch up. Um, which I think, you know, on one, one or two episodes would have been fine, but just the reoccurringness of it, uh, made it seem like it was like, she was, she was less, which I, I, I hate to say that because she's just knocking it out of the park. But let's keep in mind that this season was intended to be a starting point for a whole new audience. So the idea was that all these new viewers were going to come in and discover things as the doctor discovers them and not have the doctor explain to them what a Dalek is or what a, whatever is that it was going to be this like, you know, journey of discovery that the show takes the audience on. Yeah, but even like, I mean, in this episode, she knows what the Ux are, right? And so that's yeah. pretty cool. Like, like she she recognizes that. But a lot of times, she there's a lot of things that she didn't know of at yeah. all. And it's and I know it's a big universe, um, so I get it. But like I said, if it happens over and over and over again, it just makes it look like she's not that experienced. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind her discovering things, but over like like i said it's like and when you compare her to other doctors then it really seems like she's at a disadvantage mm-hmm. exactly it's almost like i don't know who half the galaxy is but all the other doctors did and it was it was just crazy but you know like you had mentioned earlier this was a season to bring in new viewers and they have brought in new viewers the ratings have yes. been astounding rebound from the last couple of Capaldi seasons. And it's just amazing to see the rebound it's getting and the popularity is growing. And, you know, all the naysayers that are out there, it's just, it's amazing to see. And I am thrilled to see that. Yeah. And I've actually seen really, really good, despite the, you know, the, the critical, some of the, the criticisms about it, I've actually seen a lot of people, a lot of fans defending this season and, and really passionately too. So that's good. It's not like, you know, there's just people are out there going, eh, I mean, it's, it seems like there's still some really passionate fans out there and that I, I wish I was as passionate about this season as a lot of people are. I'm kind of jealous. Well, I think there are, there are definitely good moments in this season. There are good parts. I can see so much potential here. And like Alan says, it is it is the very beginning. I mean, we did have a reboot. We have all new everything. And and even in in uh even when Stephen Moffat was still showrunner and Peter Capaldi's first season was rocky to me anyway. No, uh, I think so too. Yeah, yeah so I it's definitely it, agree it with that. Does, oh, sure. It takes a while. To, it does. To get your feet under you. And, and I'll give them that. I I mean I you know, I don't. I definitely wouldn't say this. This season was a wash. I mean, I I would just say that it could have been better. Yeah, but you know, like you're saying, compared to Capaldi, that the difference between that first season and his second season is remarkable. And if you think yes. farther back, the difference between Sylvester McCoy's first season and his second season, there's like a whole galaxy of difference between those yeah. two. The first one is is just. <laughs> Almost, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's not that good. But the second one is just like, you know, out of the ballpark. Yeah, so it's true. I really think that 
having built their foundation, the next season is going to be the, the, the season 25 or the series nine. It's going to be the one that really solidifies for this group of people behind the scenes and on screen. I agree with that completely. I could definitely see that. Yeah, to be honest, the only thing that scares me about it is Chris Chibnall's writing. <laughs> and I do not hate Chris Chibnall. I loved Broadchurch. I think he's a good, he's a great sometimes ensemble cast writer. Um, but I think he really struggles with the Doctor Who format. And uh, and, I, and I think he doesn't, he, I, you know, I think he needs an editor. <laughs> I okay, don't. Thank- well, not just an editor. I think he needs like, you know, um, uh, like an, a, like, um, cause they used to have, uh, story editors. So, or not. Yeah. Cause what was, um, uh, a script editor. Yeah. They had yeah, script. Yeah. Well, they, the script editors, script right? Editor like, now. like the, the, the writers would turn it in and then, you know, he would like, they would, they would go, uh, they go, go through it and be like, and kind of fix it up. And I think that's what we need from this season. Someone to come in and is Terrence still available? Cause you know, that might be cool. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, like I don't think so, but um, uh, um, cause it seems like a lot of these are, they're they're They, they look like they're good rough drafts, but they're not quite there yet. As far as being like really worthy of, I want Dr. Who to be the best show on TV. And, and, uh, um, you know, I want this finale to be like the best thing. Like I want the finales to blow me away. And this one was good. Uh, I, I'm still watching. I'm still hooked, but it wasn't great. The thing, and, uh, that's, that's what it's oh, kind of course. The thing is we have a doctor that can take it there too. That's right. Yeah. The, the, even in the new season of new who, even when it's not like, you know, like you said, there's been some seasons that were inconsistent, but the things that were great were great. Um, and I, I haven't seen the things like really great things this season, like in this finale, like there's some good stuff, but there's nothing that's really like, my God, that's one of the best things ever. Um, and uh, whether it's the bad guy or whether it's the, you know, the plot or, the, the the science behind it or the whatever they're they're tackling that kind of thing um it just it just is, is it just falls flat to me and this finale kind of didn't feel like a finale it didn't feel like a season finale it just felt like just another episode but you know yeah. that's how doctor who existed for 26 years and it's only in i mean and of course the modern series has you know made us accustomed to that but it was to the point where Every season finale had to put the entire universe in jeopardy on a bigger scale than the year before, or you didn't think it felt like a season finale. So at some point you have to dial back. And I think that, well, you kind of felt that Alan, sorry, you've kind of felt that in this one where they like, like, oh, well, let's target Earth, like as if to make it like relevant to a. Family. Oh, I know, I, I agree with yeah. that totally. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, most every episode this season, the storytelling was very personal. It was on a smaller scale. It was more intimate. It was more internal. And I think that this is about as epic a finale as we could have expected from a season with this structure. Only because if you went from all those episodes to oh my God, the entire universe, we have to reboot the entire universe or something like that. It would have just felt awkward and out of place and like maybe trying too hard. Whereas this one, I think suits the, the pattern of the season so far. Well, yeah, I would say that. I mean, it's consistent with the other episodes this season. So So a low key ending to a low key season. Yeah. Well, I sometimes, but the thing is, it, you can be low-key and still have an awful lot of emotional re- resonance and depth. That's true. It does not have to be like great dra- exterior drama. And I think, sometimes I think if Chris Chimnall would just trust himself a little more, because where he can excel are, are those sort of subtle undercurrents, like, which I think is why Broadchurch worked, or at least the first season of it. Um, you know, it's what was sort of going on underneath everything. 
that was really fascinating, not necessarily what was going on in the outside world. Um, and he, and it's like, he thinks because it's Dr. Who, I can't allow myself to do that. I have to do these other, you know, things that are expected of the Dr. Who universe. And I don't think he does. I think he could make it his own and he could make it great. I think he's got really good framework here. I mean, he's, he's, he's chosen a great cast. He's got a great production crew. Um, so I, I, I can, I can see the potential, the potential here. And I, I really hope he reaches it in the next series. Okay. We've, um, talked about this in terms of broad church. Now let's compare this not only to Broadchurch, but to Torchwood because he was, you know, the de facto showrunner for the first two years of Torchwood and wrote a lot of the episodes. So how does this compare to that? I did not like most of his Torchwood. There you go. <laughs> but I think he had, I think he had the same problem as he does here. Mm-hmm. I was afraid to to rely on his strengths because he thought he had to portray things in a certain way in order to make it science fiction or what was going on in his head. Hmm. And I think the difference for me is all about the character moments. Like if this were, if this show was full of really good character scenes, um, uh, like Broadchurch and the first few seasons of, of Torchwood, um, I would, I would be like, okay, well, that's really, this is what we are now. And this is, this is a good thing. But like, for example, I think my favorite scene between characters in this episode, Alan, you mentioned it is where, you know, Graham kind of tells the doctor off, like, I'm going to do this and you can't stop me. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate. We don't get a follow. I agree with that. That was the first, you know, it's kind of like, um, that was our first little deep space nine moment in the middle of a, uh, next generation yes. cast. <laughs> yes, yes, that, yes. That's that's a really good way to put well, it. <laughs> the that whole awesome. season, they've been so nice and friendly, and we finally got a little bit of tension between them, and it was yeah. like, oh, this is going to get good. Yeah, like suddenly, like like suddenly, there's dr- drama yeah. here. Exactly. You're about to you're about to get that scene where uh, where uh, Captain Cisco punches Q in the face. And you're like, it's just to say, this is a different kind of Star Trek than you've ever seen before. And it was so close to being that. (laughs) Yeah, this is like, I mean, that was kind of an ace moment, right? Mm. Okay, there you go. No, very much so, actually, in some ways. Uh, But it was also more like, don't, you know, don't make me get mad at you, Graham. You know, you wouldn't like it when I get mad at you, you know, type thing. And you almost, you know, the doctor, you know, I almost felt like the doctor was like, don't try me, you know, type thing. She's had a couple of instances that this season that I think she's done, Jody's done, played off really well. But this episode does not have that. Like we, there's, she's not, uh, I don't feel like she's, even though she puts on a brave face to Tim Shaw, like I don't, I don't feel the threat from her that, and, and, and obviously he doesn't either. No, not at all. He was almost laughing at her. Yeah. Because he didn't even... And I don't know, I did see an article that said that, suggested that, you know, that it, you know, if you, if it was played by a woman, then that, would, that dynamic would be different. I mean, if, if, if the doctor was a man, the dynamic would be different. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I don't either. And I, and I, you know, that's a, that's a deep road that we, we don't have time right. to go to now and it would require a lot of analysis. I mean, if you, uh, pardon me for another Star Trek side road here, but if you follow that logic, <laughs> then you would never have had seven years of the type of character that we had with Janeway. Right. right. And there's no reason that, and I don't think it has anything to do with Jody. I think it has, and I, God, I hate saying this, but I think it has the, the, to do with the way the part is written. I'm just, yes. I, I just hate having to say that. <laughs> it's the writing. The writing yeah, is terrible. It's, yeah, it's not Jody at all. Jody has the strength of character. She has the acting chops to pull that off. She's just not given the opportunity to do Yeah, the, if we have Chris Jibnall to thank for anything, it's for casting Jody. 
Yeah. Yep, exactly. I mean, she has risen above the material. She really has. I think she I will say to. that I have really, really enjoyed the sort of family setting of the TARDIS crew, the family feel that they've mm-hmm. they've had. They're they're chummy and they enjoy being with each other and they, you know, enjoy the adventure and I've really loved that. And I love that. But with that, with that comes the occasional moment of tension, which we started to get a little bit of, and it made it really exciting. And I wish it had gone a little bit farther. Not that I want it to be angsty, not that I want it to be like contrived, you know, drama amongst them. I don't want that. I want them to be chummy and I want them to be a family and I want them to enjoy traveling with each other so that I can enjoy watching them do it. Agreed. But, but a yeah, couple the, of moments here and there. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, you know, Graham and, and Ryan are on the same page now, like a hundred percent. Yeah. So there's not even, there's not even that yeah. drama. And at the very, you know, I do have to be thankful. I think we've mentioned this before, but I do have to be thankful that at least they haven't, you know, made Ryan and Yaz a couple. Oh man. There was oh. one episode where I thought, Oh, that's where <laughs> they're going. And I, yeah, uh, I did too. Thank God they didn't do that. Uh, and I really, and that, that's, I mean, they still could. Yes. They sure still they could, could. But, but that, that would Please be, don't. that would, to me, that would be like them throwing in the towel. Like we don't know what else to do with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And that's the thing. It's, you know, what else is there for them to do? Because, you know, other than give these characters true stories, true parts to do. And, you know, that was, I liked some of like, you know, when, even when you had like Rory and Amy and River, you still had shining moments for each of the characters. Most of the time, Rory faded into the background, but you still had strong with Amy and River. I find it interesting too that during in the Moffat era, you know, people complain all the time that you know nobody died, so there was no no weight of uh, repercussions or or what was going to happen. Um, but I tell you what, this season has felt so safe. Like I've never felt that anybody's been in any kind of danger, um, and that that I think needs to change. Like if they want to make it exciting and explore new things and do like they, there needs to be an element of danger where we could lose somebody or there's some, some repercussions. And here's the thing. Like, you know, like don't introduce the neurobalancer without having repercussions later. Like, Oh no, we have to give ours yes. up. Well, we, and it that's great happen. for the doctor, but maybe, maybe Yaz has some effects on it or something like, you know, but they don't do anything with mm-hmm. that. And you know, it's, it's kind of like, that's, there needs to be consequences. I think there needs to be a lot more consequences in, in this. Mm-hmm. It was interesting too, because if I hadn't seen already the preview for, for the Christmas New Year special and saw a Graham in it, <laughs> that there was time when I thought, oh, they're going to sacrifice Graham at this part, you know, to take out Tim Shaw or something. And I never thought that they would sacrifice him. But when you're talking about, putting the characters in danger and making it feel like there are, there's a weight to the scenes. I really thought that was what was going to happen with Graham. And that was going to be the catalyst mm-hmm. for Ryan kind of like m- taking that last step toward, you know, embracing him as his grandfather and saying, I love you and all that. I really thought there was going to be some kind of, you know, jeopardy that Graham would be put in and Ryan would realize, Oh my God, you know, we, we could lose each other at any point. You know, but it, that's not really what happened. You just rewrote that scene. So it was. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, you know, it, like, like I said, these scripts needed another, someone to go through. I another. Mean, path, it was there so. though. You know, when he was confronting yeah. uh, Tim Shaw, he, you know, he was about to, I don't know, shoot Graham or whatever it was. I don't remember. And Ryan comes up behind him and says, you know, don't you mess with my grandpa, that kind of thing. And so it was almost there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the whole old thing about Chekhov's gun. If you introduce it in a gun in act yeah. one or use it in act three. Yeah. But, you know, we keep getting these things introduced and they're never used. Hmm. 
things don't go anywhere. There's, there's no depth to the drama. And so you can't become invested because it's so superficial. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they use the neurobalancers to save the day, you know, to, to bring the ux out of it. But, um, you know, I, I, they didn't use them. Like there was no repercussions of, of that. Yeah. Drama. It was, it was, you know, they might as well just, it was kind of yeah. like in uh, asylum of the Daleks when they have the little things on them that are keeping them safe from the Dalek nanogenes and Amy loses hers and it does start to affect her and she becomes angry and she becomes, it changes her personality yeah. and there wasn't anything like that equivalent to that in this one. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would have been really interesting to see Yaz go yes. through like yes. losing herself. Yeah, exactly. Fascinating. Uh, but Nope, they just uh, didn't want to the do thing that, that I so. do like about Yaz, though, is that she is the one that's sort of like the the heart of the group, the morality of the group. She's the one who empathizes. She's the one who, you know, when there's somebody in trouble, she's the one who wants to take a personal, you know, make a personal investment in that situation and do something for that person or help the situation become better. So I do like that she's very forward with the. Uh, empathy, I guess. That sure. is, there wasn't much of that this episode, but like in the last, in uh, particularly in uh, the Witch Hunters, there was. She was the one who's like, yes. you know, Doctor, I, I know we have this other stuff that we have to do, but I really need to go back and make sure that uh, whatever the character's name was is okay. And that, to me, is Yaz. If you can get that, and you can find a way to latch onto like bringing that police training of hers and make it kick in at the right times she could be such a dynamite character yeah she there's an enormous amount of potential with her character absolutely i mean i mean you could you use her empathy as as a way of maybe she defies the doctor yes this kind of empathy for someone that the doctor is not showing or you know there's all sorts of different ways you could take it but just take it somewhere (laughs) (laughs) and we did not get that no. Not at all. No. <sighs> Was there any shining points in this episode for anyone? Yes. We okay. talked about the... Ooh, I was worried about, there. It got quiet for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, we, we kind of already addressed it, and that was the moment where um, Graham back-talked to the doctor. I loved that. Yeah. That... That's my favorite moment from the episode. And I, I like that. Um, I wish it, yeah, I didn't know I didn't like where it ended up, but yeah. I like that, that. But on the technical side, I thought it looked spectacular, especially the location shoots with the, uh, with the special effects of the, the rock formations in the, in the air, everything about yes. it just yes. looked incredible. And I think that's been a, a thing the whole season as the season has looked amazing yes i absolutely agree the the look of it has has been awesome the the production value yeah um the cgi for the most part there's been a, a few that was great but for the most part it was it was really good and beautiful to watch yeah and that that part i love the and the directing has been good the acting yeah. has been good absolutely i exactly. love the no go ahead i'm sorry no all i was saying was when we when they first landed on the planet, I went, "Oh, great! They're really going back old series. They're in a quarry again." Hey, <laughs> I don't I don't mind a good quarry at all. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, you know, that's 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 allowed because that's uh, you know that you, you can work with that. I did you know. I I also thought that the uh, the props of the um, uh, like little. Um, configurations that the planets yeah. were trapped in the, 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 the like were very oh, yeah. too. I thought. Yes. yes. That was, yes. yes. <laughs> Even the stasis chambers were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but they modernized it to it, to look it, to make it look really well. You know, I, I, I must say that overall in, you know, while we, I think in a, in the next episode, we're going to talk about the series as a whole. And I do have, you know, as Alan was pointing out, this is very reminiscent of a lot of the 80s stuff. And uh, that might, you know, if that continues, if they double down on that, that might be a problem too deep into that. 
but I will admit that I will agree that I, the production, like, I think if, you know, it, it feels like they're spending more money uh, than they did last season or at, since new who's come back. It's it, I mean, it, it looks, looks so mm-hmm. good. Well, you know, as we like to say, you know, it looks good, but what's it look like under the engine, you know? So, you know, is it, you know, it does it run well? Does it? And it doesn't. And that has to be fixed with the writing. Because we were all excited that there was going to be brand new writers that we didn't have the same old, same old from the Moffat era. And I think overall it's been a failure. Boy, that's a strong word. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I don't know if I'd go that no. far. Yeah, I'm not. Well. <laughs> I mean, I come on, grow some folks. No, no, no. I I don't (laughs) think it's been a failure. I'm not sure I'd say it's been a failure, but it's compared compared to what we were expecting. I do because we got. I think we got higher quality stories the last couple seasons of Capaldi than any of them. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I will say that with the Capaldi era, the two, and I've said this a million times, the. Bringing, he brought in new writers too, and Jamie Matheson and Sarah Dollard turned in some phenomenal episodes. And I think that they and a few of the others, Peter Harness and a couple of others, really are what defined the Capaldi seasons. Mm-hmm. Is they brought in a new voice and a new perspective, and I think that that's going to happen here. I think that you know, just like uh, series eight, series eight was rocky. This one is a complete restart, not just with a new doctor and some new writers. This is a new everything, like we were saying earlier. And I really think this is going to be it's it's the the rocky build. It's the rocky start, and mm-hmm. it's going to be great next season. I will never give up hope. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Doctor Who is is a difficult thing to write for. Absolutely, as has this kind of a tone uh, that you just don't find anywhere else. It's very, Absolutely. that's why we, we love it so much. And right so, now. yeah, I'm willing we to do. give them a series to, to figure it out, but there they, you go. You know, we'll, but this is got to get better to, to retain interest. But truthfully, you know, I will pick up the season when it's put out on Blu-ray just to have it in my collection. There's probably not going to be one of these. I'll rewatch though. Oh, I will. I definitely no, will. I'll rewatch it if it's on Amazon or something, but I won't. I will not crack open the discs just to say, "Hey, I'm going to watch this episode." The closest, probably for me, I would do that would have either been the India Pakistan story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the or Rosa. For me. Mm-hmm. Well, but, for me, I would. It would also be Kerblam, which I loved. I guess nobody else did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I, I wish I'd been on the episode where y'all reviewed that one. I could have been the voice of dissension. The, you the could one have been the shining star, it. Alan. <laughs> it wasn't the lowest point for me, I don't think. But um, uh, but for me, the highest point was Witchfinders. So, yeah, I mean, I think we all yeah. have – it's funny because I think we all have, like, different highs yeah. this season. Yeah, Rosa was mine. But uh, – yeah, I'm just frustrated. <laughs> I'm very frustrated by this season. Um, but oh, I, you know, I have, I have, but, I do uh, have. Great hey guys, hopes, so but, you know, mm-hmm. we we're doing in two episodes. We're doing a season wrap up. Yeah, and, and so we'll we'll go all over the season, high points, low points, and what smelled, what smelled rosy, what smelled. Mm. So we'll, we'll talk all about it. So, you know, but let's wrap up with this episode and what we're thinking of this one and, you know, rate it one out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. Alan, you're our guest tonight. You get to go first. I'm going to say three and one quarter. That's fair. That's really fair. <laughs> It's incredibly specific. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, Mary. Oh boy. Well, I think for the writing, <laughs> I'm going to break it up because it, you know, it, it almost feels very separate to me. The writing and the performances, because the performers were trying so hard with what they were given. 
So I say the writing a three and the performers a four. So I guess it averages out to 3.5. <laughs> That's awesome. Mikey. Uh, I'm just going to give it a, a solid three. I mean, it, it, it's great. It's good. Um, unfortunately it's not great, but it's not horrible. So, you know, there's that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's okay. A- and I guess I'm going to give it a solid three also, cause there were shining points in this and I did like some of the acting, especially Jody, but it was also, you know, there were some of the other characters I did like, so it definitely deserves a three from me. And, you know, as I like to say, I didn't feel like walking away from Doctor Who in this one like I did with Capaldi's season finale of this first season. So there weren't any Brigadier Cybermen, so it was okay. There you go. There uh, you go. That's our bar. Yeah, that's our bar for this show. No matter how dark things look, at least there wasn't a Cyberman Brigadier. Exactly. No Cyber Brig, so we're okay. <laughs> So we definitely want to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com. And thank you guys for, you know, listening all season and joining us and writing us. And it's been a lot of fun, you know, going through the adventure and exploring the new doctor and her companions, or as she called it at the end, her fam. So it was cool. So now, you know, we're going to have to figure out over the next couple of months what the heck we're going to be talking about because <laughs> we got a long time till new Doctor Who is back. <laughs> yes, exactly. Work. Thank goodness we have the New Year special coming up, and that's when we will be back. We're going to take a small little holiday break for two weeks, and we will be back right after the New Year with our holiday, you know, wrap-up of the special and then we will be doing, I think a week later, we'll be coming back with our season wrap up. And we have a great crew lined up for that, including Jennifer Hartshorn, Dave West, and Robert McIntyre will be joining us from England. So it should be a lot of fun for that episode. So definitely join us. We have a lot to talk about still. And I think we're going to be doing a lot of big finish over the break. But please, you know, write us, give us some suggestions, what we definitely you know, should talk about here on the show. We, we're open to anything, you know, we'll even talk about K9 and company. So, you know, <laughs> don't get all crazy. Wow. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Hey, you know, every two weeks is a big task. No doctor who is on. Yeah, that's, that's very, <laughs> any, anything, anything to avoid trying. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, 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 I love that. We may have to switch to our station, Star Trek. If <laughs> Sign me up. Series. Sign me up. We'll become EST, Earth Station Trek. I love it. I'll do it. Let me let me in. <laughs> that could be a lot of fun, actually. Yes, oh. it could. We got a new season of Discovery coming up. Ooh. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's get back on track. All right. Let's thank everyone for joining us though tonight. Alan, thank you so much for being here, my friend. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on once again. Oh, no problem. Anything you want to promote? Um, yes, Hulanta. You can find us at hulanta.com. First weekend in May, and it's going to be great. We've got a lot of big stuff planned, and we have a whole list of guests on our website, and we have more in the works. Yay, that is awesome. And, you know, definitely worth coming to the first weekend in May. And, of course, Mr. Mike, you made it through traffic just to be with us. I did, and it was worth every uh, finger that I got, uh, that I that I threw at <laughs> um, <laughs> Wow. Nice. But, uh, uh, but, as always, it's my pleasure to be here. That is awesome, sir. And, of course, Mary. Last but not least. Uh, it's always great to be here. It's always fun to talk to you guys, no matter how frustrating the episode is. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But, you know, uh, do you want to give a quick shout out to your sites and such? You can uh, you can find my artwork on maryogle.com and you can find me on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. And like we said, we will be back in just probably three weeks with the new year special Whew. and after that it's the dead zone folks <laughs> <laughs> so be prepared we're going to east space oh god maybe we should start with that oh geez all right 
Let's wrap it up before we go too far down the rabbit hole. My name is Mike Faber. We will see you here next time on the Air Station Who podcast. Peace. And we are done. Yay. Yay. All right. So, didn't have too many people drinking tonight. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Yes, yes, hello. Let's talk about the Flopcast. Every week we give podcast listeners a chance to come and join us in Chicken Town, Where we talk about Saturday morning cartoons, comics and science fiction conventions, music and concert reports, 70s and 80s pop culture, and for no good reason, chickens. Boy, we're weird. Oh, we are ridiculous. We're proud members of the ESO Network, and you can find us at Flopcast.net. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>